also another person is Albert Ratner is also along on the line with the doctor. Okay, the more the merrier. Love it. Yes, he's okay. a co-author. Oh, okay. We're now joined by Pat Barnack. Hello, Dr. Royson. I understand we're not alone. We have uh, Albert Ratner with us. Today we're talking about your new book, The Great Age Reboot. Crack the longevity code for a younger tomorrow. There's good news, I understand, on the scientific front when it comes to aging. Well, there's been a increase in life expectancy since 1890 till now, about two and a half years every 10 years, as we've gone from 41 average life expectancy in 1890 to about 78 now. We expect with an 80% probability over the next 10 years for that to expand by 30 years. So instead of a average life expectancy of 80, we would expect it to be 110. But the best same life expectancy, you're going to be able to reboot yourself younger if the animal models hold. So there are 14 different areas of research into the mechanism of aging, and each of those has shown that it can reboot to a younger animal species, and at least two species, so that a, if you will, the equivalent of a 100-year-old mouse would be a 35-year-old mouse. That's the equivalent of what's happening. And with 14 shots on goal, we think there's at least an 80% probability that this would happen to be able to help you get to be younger. During the pandemic, though, didn't the life expectancy go down? And how does that figure in or doesn't it? The calculation is a interesting one. The calculation of life expectancy decrease during the pandemic was about two years. Compare that, by the way, to 12 years during the Spanish flu epidemic. But that assumes that we will die every year going forward at the same rate as we died, that is, from the same causes and at the same rate as we died from the COVID-19 in 2020 and 2021. So it's called periodic life expectancy. We don't expect COVID-19 to kill us at the same rate as it did last year. And just like in the Spanish rule, it bounced down 12 years but recovered within two years. We expect it to recover from that. Um, And the advances will, in fact, we think, uh, greatly enlarge life expectancy. Let me give you one example that's come as a benefit of that. We know that old cells, senile cells they're called, we start to get them right when we're born, but we can't detect them in humans until after age 30. But when you do start to accumulate them after age 30, They make the cells around them old. So it's like a piece of rotten fruit making all the fruit around it old. And we know that in animal models, if you get rid of those, you get younger. The key point on that is one of the things that the vaccines taught us is you can actually get a vaccine against the specific protein that these senile cells make. So senile cells, the reason they make old cells, uh, the other cells around them old, is they secrete a specific protein. And now in animals, they're eliminating the senile cells by a vaccine targeting the old cells, just like you target a virus. So that's some of the progress that's occurring 
but there's progress in 14 different areas and other methods of getting rid of senile cells are being used as well. Well, let me ask about that senile vaccine, if I can call it that. Is that vaccine available yet? Well, it's available for mice, okay. uh, meaning it's, it's still early animal trials. So when you give a vaccine, obviously you want to make sure that it's not going to harm the individual. So it's still being tried. It will get to other species and then it'll get to human trials. So it'll be probably if, if it works and it's only one of the areas. One of the areas that is working to get rid of senile cells is what we call plasma donation or plasma exchange. So in the early convoy studies in 1960s at UC San Francisco, the University of California, San Francisco, they gave young blood, young rats, donated blood to old rats, and the old rats became young. We thought it was something in the blood, and that's been the process that's been studied. But the convoys came up with the fact that it really was getting rid of old cells and old proteins. And all you have to do is donate plasma. And in the animal studies with this, when you donate plasma to regular baits, they have the mice and rats and guinea pigs and now other animals doing it. And I'll tell you about the human studies in a second. When you do that, the muscles of the mice become young. The heart and cardiovascular system becomes young again. The liver and the pancreas, even the bones become young again. That's now gone to the AMBAR studies, A-M-B-A-R, in humans where randomized controlled trials of people with early Alzheimer's disease has reversed cognitive dysfunction in these randomized controlled trials. What they did is donated a unit of plasma, if you will, that is, they donated a unit of blood and got their red cells back, and they got saline salt water instead of the plasma, but that reversed dementia in the in the cognitive areas, 12 different cognitive domains were studied. In those domains, it actually reversed it over 15 months. So that AMBAR study group is now, it started in Spain, two centers in Spain, two in Chile, University of Pittsburgh and Cleveland Clinic were the American site. That was around a 300-patient study. They're now going to a 3,000-patient study and the company has said that if uh, the FDA has said to them that if they find the same results, they will give approval, and that'll be the first approval. But what it really does, in addition, in the animal models, it reverses aging and everything by getting rid of old proteins and old cells. The hair on the back of my head just stood up. I just signed up. This is an aside. I just signed up for a pharesis donation. And I've never done it before. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about when you talk about uh, plasma? It's called plasma for research in the United States, and it's done for myasthenia gravis and ALS, a whole bunch of different diseases already approved by the FDA. But this is actually to do it to get younger. Yes. And by you donating, by the way, college students and graduate students earn extra money by donating plasma, so it (laughs) can't be very expensive. People who donate it, they're, they then clean up the albumin, they wash it and, and process it to get rid of the old cells and give it to someone else, actually. Did you say it was 14 different aspects that science is working on when it comes to longevity? What are some of the others? So there's gene editing, and you understand that. So they've knocked out, they've, the FDA just approved, I think a week and a half ago, the process of treating beta thalassemia. So people who had life expectancy were having to give 
get a unit transfused in emergency rooms every week mm-hmm. for beta thalassemia, act out the beta thalassemia uh, producing gene, if you will, that produced the abnormal hemoglobin. And they now have life expectancies of 65 or more. And it's being used now in for heart failure patients that, that secrete an abnormal protein that causes the heart failure in Australia. And people with ejection fractions, that is the amount of blood they excrete from the heart for less than had life expectancies of less than six months, now have ejection fractions greater than 35% and life expectancies greater than 18 years. Another mm-hmm. one is that uh, the stone in San Francisco and at the Cleveland Clinic, they looked uh, at AI. So AI is another one of the techniques. By using artificial intelligence, they looked at the drugs that block the amyloid and tau protein through brain cells and glial cells. And have shown they looked at all the drugs approved, and it turned out that two of the drugs that are already generic, butametadine, Bumex, and Viagra, butametadine at the Gladstone and Viagra at the Cleveland Clinic study, block the attachment of those of amyloid and tau to neurons and the glial cells. And they then looked at a 12 million patient database from the UC San Francisco, a 15 million at Cleveland Clinic, and they found there was a 70% reduction in Alzheimer's risk and dementia risk if patients had received that. Wow. So those have wow. now entered random trials in humans. I have to ask you about if you would want to live to 130 or to 150, which you argue could become commonplace. I don't know if just from a loneliness aspect, if that would cause more problems than than it would solve some ways. I'm not sure that I would want to be around if nobody I know is around with me. I don't think anybody wants to be around alone. And that's not how this works. But I think to start out, we have to understand what this means, what we believe this means. So in the book, what we did, we took a look at what we thought would be the life of people living today in 2050. Okay. And these are the parameters of where it goes. If you're 25 or younger today, we believe you will live to 125 years of age. If you are 75 years today, we believe you'll live to 100. So what it basically says is through all the science, they're doing that in the research. The way this gets accomplished is they have to do what they do. But if we don't do what we need to do to be alive when this happens over the next 10 years, it doesn't work. And there are a whole bunch of things we have to do. A lot of them are clearly medical, which Michael can talk about. But the thing we know is stress is the biggest cause of most of these diseases. And we know in order to be successful, you have to have a posse. You have to eat foods that you love. This this book, what we lay out in the book, half of it are things you have to do. But it's all inclusive. It's not one thing. It's not five things. It's categories that you get to choose 
you choose what you love and food and exercise and friends and love you back. And Michael, talk about so, how so, that affects you. So we expect that when you're 90, you will function as a 40-year-old. So in 1998, when Real Age came out, the first book I wrote on this, yes, we predicted that 60 would be the new 40. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. We're now predicting that 90 would be the new 40, so you're going to function not as a 90-year-old of today, but much younger. And that means you still will have a posse. But as loneliness is a big problem, as you said, there are things such as we have a Reboot Your Age app that goes with this. And there's a buddy match to help you match, if you will. It's part of social prescribing where you find someone with like interests or like things or person you can get along with well. And because friends and posse are absolutely key as is passion, Pat. Yes, and so that's yes. why we, we really, yeah, we, your question is absolutely perfect. I'm sorry that we've run out of time. We have to leave it there, unfortunately. But thank you so much for making yourselves available. Good luck with the book. It's mesmerizing. So thank you so much. Its name, again, is The Great Age Reboot, and it is incredibly well-written. I've got to say, give credit to the other people for writing it much better than I did. Well, I talked to you many years ago when your first book came out, and uh, I I loved it. But thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you.